Hello and welcome to the Locked On Canucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Justin Morissette, and this is your Locked On Canucks for Sunday, October 20th, the day that the Vancouver Canucks narrowly sneak out a 3-2 victory over the New York Rangers. Another odd early morning weekend game, back-to-back, two in a row of those. Uh, Canucks back to winning ways in this one, however, relative to how they fared in New Jersey the day before. And they will probably continue those winning ways as this road trip continues. They're going to look like world beaters again against the Detroit Red Wings on Tuesday night, you have to think. But enough about that. Who needs my analysis when uh, I went long with my guest? My guest today is Nathan Cadell of the Georgia Strait, following in Jeff Patterson's footsteps as uh, being the the hockey writer in that esteemed free weekly here in the city. Uh, Oh, As a teen, always enjoyed riding transit. you got to grab yourself one of those Georgia Straits before you hop on the C-Bus or the SkyTrain. You can find Nathan's writing in there and, of course, online at straight.com. And without further ado, let's get right to it. My interview with Nathan Cadell of the Georgia Strait. My guest today covers the Canucks for the Georgia Strait. Uh, he is Nathan Cadell. And Nathan, uh, thank you so much for taking the time, man. Thanks for doing this. Oh, no worries, Justin. Thanks for having me. A couple of early morning games over the weekend yeah. here. Some 10 a.m. starts on two days in a row, which, I mean, it's rare that we get 10 a.m. starts at all, but the fact that we get mm-hmm. two of them back-to-back is is a bit of a rarity. Uh, let's start. How do you feel about these early games? Is it just a nice change of pace over the course of the season for you? Yeah, personally, I, I got to say I like it a lot because, I mean, usually like we're covering the game, whatever, so working super late, then it's like a 7 o'clock game. You don't get home till like, I don't know, 12, 12.30. A lot better to just be like, okay, yeah, uh, finish my game, recap at 1, one thirty, and the uh, rest of the day is still ready to go. So uh, a lot more convenient that way. Uh, mixed in with a little NFL football and uh, good to go. Good to go for me. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. It's pretty perfect. How do you feel about them? I, I keep waiting for somebody to be on my side as a night owl that just like waking up at 9.30 to watch hockey is not the most ideal <laughs> way to use your weekend. But I, I guess I keep a later schedule than everybody else. So. <laughs> I like I I get that like I understand that as well, but I just I'm gonna get up at like eight anyway, like because I do for the weekend, so and for the weekdays, so it doesn't really matter. I'm gonna be up. I might as well be watching hockey. Yeah, I just wonder how much we can take away from these games as you know examples. I, it's still so early in the Canucks season anyway to be wondering about what all this means in the grand scheme. We're kind of waiting for a larger sample size for all these games to bleed together as they have started mm-hmm. to do in our minds already. Anyways, but you know, it, especially when you play back to backs, but two back to back games that look yes, it's one o'clock Eastern, but these guys are their internal clocks are the same as ours. It feels to them like they're getting up to go to the rink probably i would imagine sometime around i don't know 7 a.m 6 a.m possibly (laughs) like how much can you really take away from from what we saw because i know there's people who want to have all these uh negative complaints about the way the team played certainly on Mm -hmm. saturday against new jersey and then faded faded in the third period on sunday but you know these are weird games they're kind of an anomaly you're not going to see something like this regularly over the course of the season you're definitely not going to see something like this come playoff time so uh, how many lessons should we really be pulling from games like this all uh, right i i agree yeah it, it's hard it's hard to quantify that and especially coming off like what was obviously an emotional win uh in st louis so then you have the weekend the back-to-back games at a different time than they usually play making the trip east 
yeah, I, I'm sure it's tough on the body. I'm sure it's weird for the Canucks to, to handle that, to move towards it. I, I don't know. I, I think what we saw in these two games wasn't that different from the kind of narrative that's starting to form. And yeah, I know it's only eight games now, but, but there are some constants that we've seen. We, can, we continue to see them. There were some different things, like Vertanen kind of having a big game. That was different. That was awesome to see. Uh, but some narratives, you know, <laughs> were the same. Uh, PD, Horvat, Besser are going to be the lifeblood of this team along with Hughes when they're going. Canucks are going. Uh, and and then you've got some defensive miscues. You had Sutter in the in the Rangers game uh, with a pretty big giveaway. Uh, you had you had Furland really not establishing himself yet. Um, and I really want to keep seeing how this team plays against better competition, too. That's kind of the big thing for me. The Blues are really the only team they've played that you could say, okay, yeah, this is going to be a, a major contender, other than maybe, I think, Calgary to start the season. Everyone else, last year at least, I mean, the Oilers are off to a hot start, sure. But last year, it's not like they were they were world beaters. So, you know, I'd like to see them play some, like, really good teams a few games in a row. And, and then we can kind of start to see more clearly what we've got here, I think. Well, let's touch on a couple of those narratives, these things that keep uh, recurring again sure. and again and again in the early stages, because one of them is uh, a power play that, yes, had a big yeah. explosion against the Detroit Red Wings, but Detroit is Detroit. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people who have picked them to be even worse than the Ottawa Senators, the dead last team in the NHL this year. And I think we saw when they played that game last week exactly why that is. It's not a very good team over there, and you cannot use the power play success against a team like that as cause to believe, whoa, well, I guess <laughs> I guess the power play is fine after all. Yeah, it's uh, true. And what, I think one of the positives that we can take away from this weekend is that, you know, they did kind of wave the white flag on the way things had been configured on the power play to yep. start the year. We are yep. seeing Quinn Hughes routinely uh, manning the point on power play one, or we have over the last couple games, which seemed like that was going to be a battle that was set to last right through the season. So the fact that that seems to be settled right now is, you know, I, yes, the power play is not scoring, but it should be at least trending in the right direction, right? Oh, definitely. I, I think it is for sure. I think it looked pretty good against New York. I mean, against the Devils, they had a bunch of chances, and and it wasn't it wasn't great. Uh, but 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 they were still like firing at the net. You still liked what you saw. Some good looks from PD. Some good looks from Hughes. And then obviously putting Hughes on that PP one has kind of changed the dynamic a little bit. I think uh, three guys on that on that unit now have great shots in Hughes, Pedersen, and and Besser. You think all three of them could could hit net at any point. Uh, so the way that they did it, you can't hone in on one guy at all, which I think was the problem in the past. And uh, obviously the first goal uh, against the Rangers today was was Horvat uh, in front on the power play. Really nice goal. Um, you know, they worked it around. Bester made a really nice move to create space for himself, and uh, he ended up getting to Horvat in front. And, you know, I, I, think, they're, I think it's really coming along. Uh, obviously the penalty kill has been a thing a lot of people are talking about, and that's been good as well, other than maybe that one goal against New Jersey. But, uh, yeah, the power play, I, I like where it's going right now. I think, I think there's a lot of potential there, and I think, I think they're really kind of figuring it out right now anyway. It's hard to say this on a day where Bo Horvat scored on the power play and Brock Besser scored at even strength, but it yeah. does seem like the problems that are plaguing the power play are the same problems that are plaguing the team at even strength, which is, as you mentioned, the, the core four young guys have really not 
gotten it going so far to start the year. Is there reason to believe uh, that, you know, as Patterson and Besser and, and Horvat and Hughes all start to heat up? And Hughes has been very good to start the year. Don't uh, It's yeah. probably not right to include him in that group. But when those three forwards, anyways, start to, uh, you know, dominate a little bit the way that we had expected them to coming into the year, that success at even strength should probably translate to a hotter power play as well, right? Oh, for sure. I think so, because they're, they're just clicking, right? They're working it together. Um, and then, obviously, they're drawing penalties and blah, 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 getting chances, whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think they're buzzing around, obviously. That, that'll help with the power play as well, for sure. I see a lot of people who did, like questioning, oh, is something wrong with Pedersen's shot or something like that? I, I don't think so. Uh, I really don't think so. I, I think he's throwing it at the net. He's not going to score on, on every chance. His shooting percentage last year was insane. Uh, so, you know, give him some time. I really think that's a little premature. Uh, it's still the same Patterson to me. I think defenses are obviously honing in on him for sure. I, I think they're going to find they can do that less and less, like I said, because they've got more threats now. I think you'll see that starting to stop. Of course, there is one power play that doesn't need fixing, and that's when you're buying tickets through the Vivid Seats mobile app. That's right, every ticket guaranteed to be good, and that's not all. With the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program, you can attend the concert or show or hockey game of your choice and earn credit towards your next live event as well. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events that you want to go to, and you can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice all in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. It's called Vivid Seats Rewards. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. Every purchase, as I mentioned, backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has it all. So download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program today. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Just enter promo code POSTSEASON at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. It is a bit odd, though, to see, you know, I think there were people certainly after the, the preseason game in Abbotsford, which was, I believe, against the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. It was Ottawa, yeah. It looked like, you know, Petey had the cannon going already in preseason, which was kind of the only time we've seen that booming shot really been on the mark. I mean, I guess when we're eight games into the season now, it's easier to maybe write a performance off like that as more of the anomaly than the norm, especially considering, A, it's preseason, and B, even if it was the regular season, (laughs) it's still the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. It is, yeah, exactly, right? Uh, putting stock into a preseason game is one thing. Putting stock into a preseason game with the Ottawa Senators is <laughs> another thing. But, uh, yeah, and, and, and like I said, again, it's like these teams that the Canucks are playing, like you mentioned Detroit, also running up the score in L.A., right? It, it's hard to really like get what's going on with this team when, when they haven't faced competition that you consider kind of upper echelon. Like even the Devils and Rangers are not considered to be very good at least to start the season right devils have have not been good and rangers have been struggling as well uh you can see that uh, they kind of got bent in by the canucks uh, obviously for the first two periods they they stormed back in the third but really you're only scared like seriously scared when when panarin was on the ice so yeah it's hard to take away a lot when uh when they're playing these kinds of teams 
Um, you, you mentioned Michael Furland a little bit earlier there, and yeah. I talked about him with Jackson yesterday too because right. I, I wanted to believe when he scored against St. Louis that, okay, finally we've seen some signs of life here and this should help him get going a little bit. Um, and yet, as we get into the weekend, I know it was back-to-back games, but it's back-to-back games for everybody. Maybe it hits a little harder when you're still recovering from an illness, but, I mean, that's like three and a half weeks ago or so yeah like at what point do i mean not even just his play on the ice and i it's just the level of of trust and the amount that travis green wants to lean on him right now because yes he is nominally on the third line but over the last week he's definitely been used as a fourth line player on this team and uh at what point can do we do we start to to feel concerned? Because I don't want to overreact to a slow start from a guy who yeah. has reason to have a slow start. But also, this is a big commitment. This is four more years of this guy, no matter what happens. And we've seen some of these commitments uh, blow up in the in the face of this team, like uh, like a cigar in a in a Looney Tunes cartoon. Uh, I, I'm just you know. I don't want to be an alarmist, but it's hard to look at him and what he's done so far and not feel somewhat alarmed. Where are you at on Michael right. Furland? Well, well, honestly, uh, I'd almost always caution to be like, okay, we can't judge too soon, of course, obviously, Aikens in. But I thought we had reason to be concerned after game two with Furland, even though he had just lost the weight. As soon as he got moved off that first line, so if he's not going to play in the top six, there's a lot of reasons to be concerned because – that's the only time he contributed as a member of the Flames and, and Hurricanes, at least offensively, when he was playing on those top lines, right? Like, he was best when he was playing with very talented players. Like, sure, okay, anyone can play with talented players. Well, that's not really true. You know, he was doing a really good job of it with those two units. And so if you're not going to play him there, which the Canucks obviously got him for, if you're not going to play him there, then there's a lot of reasons to be concerned. He, he's not throwing his body around the way he, at least we think, that we know of him to do right uh so why is he on the third and fourth lines he's not really chipping in offensively and he's playing seven minutes of ice time and you just signed this guy in the offseason for four years so i think i think the time to be concerned is now and i kind of go back to something i think you said or either you tweeted earlier in the offseason or when barchi went down and you said barchi's better than furland and he's, he's down in Utica, right? If if Berlin's not playing in those top two lines, he's not going to look great. And he's not going to be banging in those rebound goals and, you know, down low with Pedersen and, and converting those and hammering away at the other uh, on the forecheck. Like, he, he needs to be in that role. Uh, and he's kind of unable or unwilling to do that. So... <laughs> and Travis Green, you know, why wouldn't you, right? You have to kind of bury him if he's going to play the way he's been playing. Like, there's no no fault in green there. They're trying to get him going recently in the last couple of games, spotting him up a little bit, but it, it doesn't look great right now, i, I got to be honest. Well, is there a possibility? Because obviously, if Adam Gaudet is going to be sitting out all these games, you may as well just send him down, right? Like, he is at a point in his yeah. career where he needs to be playing. He needs to be getting those yeah. reps in. And especially the way the Utica Comets are going right now, that is, <laughs> I mean, they have some, yeah. it's half of an NHL top six down there at the moment, really, in some ways. <laughs> that team is 
rolling, just dominating the AHL to start the year, it would certainly be good for Gaudette to probably see some reps down there, perhaps if there's no room for him. But at the same time, if you're trying to fix this third line, which seems like a really glaring problem for this team at the moment... What is the possibility here? Because, look, we've already talked about Louis Erickson. I mean, you and I haven't talked about it, but it's just been beaten to death at <laughs> ad nauseum. The fact that Louis Erickson has been scratched multiple times. I think, what, he's only played, like, one game this season? The first game. The first game. And think, that's yeah. it. Yeah, but what, like, the problems that this team has in the bottom six at the moment are not going to be solved by inserting a Louis Erickson. So I guess there's two questions here. Do you see Furlan getting scratched soon? And the second question is, do you see this team waving Louis Erickson? Because the, the options down on the farm, if you are looking to mix things up and add some ingredients that might f- help you find a third line that works for this team, uh, you know, they're down in the AHL. They're not uh, sitting in mm-hmm. the box like Louis is. Yeah. Uh, I think right now I'd say no and no. Uh, I and the main reason I think is because of public perception, right? Like you can't send Furland down right now. You, you just can't after paying him that much money, after giving him long term, after how much Benning's been scrutinized, you think he's going to send down one of his prized acquisitions? I, I, I didn't say to send down uh, Furland, just sit oh, him sorry, to, to scratch him. him. Scratch him. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Not send out, but even, even scratching him, I think would be a terrible look for the organization. And I, I don't think Benning would allow it. It's, it's, uh, it'd be like Tim Schaller all over again, basically. Well, well, exactly, and I mean, he's insisted, we've, they've insisted that Schaller be on the team and play in a role, and, and you know, he's done all right so far, I'm not begging on Schaller at all, but last season he certainly wasn't carrying his weight, um, but, uh, and then as far as, as far as Erickson goes, it's another kind of bad luck thing, and I, I don't think they'll do it, because he's just sitting down there with costing six mil to play in Utica, and, and I know he's not doing anything right now in the press box, but I, I think they like the idea, perhaps, of having him out there as a fourth-line guy, a penalty kill guy, when someone inevitably gets injured. So I think we're much more likely to see him up with the Canucks in game action than we are to see him down in Utica, and that's what I think. Could be wrong, though. Louis Erickson right now seems like um, a $6 million Walmart greeter, basically. Like, his job at the yeah, moment yeah. is to just, like, <laughs> fist bump and shake hands as guys come back right. into the room after yeah. victories. <laughs> Those videos of him in the back, yeah, it's not a great look, no. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about things that are going very well for this team then, and that yeah. is uh, certainly what's happening between the pipes because, um, look, oh, yeah. let's, I mean, let's talk about the game today specifically because that was a, a, a team in the Canucks that I felt like came out of the gates certainly in the first period uh, as a group that was embarrassed of their effort in New Jersey the day before. Yeah. Uh, so they had a lot of fire, and they scored three goals to put themselves in a comfortable lead. They had nothing come the third period, and that's no. you know a factor of a team playing two games back-to-back, two games where you know their pregame routine starts, as I mentioned, at 6 a.m. for them. Um, but, but Jacob Markstrom in particular, not just in today's game where he basically stole the point for them, especially in the third period that looked like a 20-minute Rangers power play. Um, He's been fantastic right from the word go, and this is, I don't want to say that, like, when you look at what Markstrom and Demko are doing together right now, they're gonna lock up the Jennings, but but when you go back, (laughs) this team hasn't seen a goalie tandem provide this level of work since Luongo and Schneider did just that like seven yeah. years ago at this point yeah 
So, so where's the controversy then? No. <laughs> it's coming. Uh, yeah, you know it's I, coming. I, oh, it's coming. It's boiling. Uh, no, Markstrom was, was incredible today. He was great. Uh, and Demko was great, great against uh, the Devils. Uh, but like you said, I thought Markstrom had been great uh, since the beginning. Uh, played, I think, five games in a row. Was, really, was good in all of them. Was certainly not at fault in any of the Canucks losses. Um, and that was one of the bigger questions a lot of people had coming into this year, right? Like, will Markstrom be able to keep it up? Was last year kind of a fluke? It was his first real kind of, like, standout year since he's been in the league. And he's, what, I think 30? Or around that? Hovering around there? Something like um, that. Yeah, I mean, like, 28, 29. But, uh, so that was a big question everyone had. And I, and I think he's delivered on that. Uh, and... You know, another solid performance against the Rangers certainly held the Canucks in it in the third when they were just getting pelted. Uh, and, and, of course, yeah, the inevitable question that, I mean, we'd like to just sit back and, uh, and enjoy this performance, and probably a lot of people want us to, but, you know, it's hard because Marsham's contract ends this year, right? Uh, you've got Demko waiting in the wings. What's the move, right? Marsham's going to want a big raise, and he's certainly earned it. So is he going to get in Vancouver? Is he going to get somewhere else? Um, for now, I think the Canucks are probably definitely happy to just sit back and enjoy the goaltending. And, and again, one more thing on, on Mark's performance, just that he bounced back from having this, this family issue that kept him out for a week. Uh, pretty impressive to just come right back in. And it's something that Travis Green kind of noted and was pretty he, – he was – like he high praise from Markstrom for that. Yeah, we're never uh, probably going to find out what happened this week, and so. and that's fine. Like I don't need to know that. But just even from Travis's comments after the game today, it it sounds like it was very serious, and that it does. Markstrom went through uh, you know a emotional roller coaster or, or a, a very tumultuous week this week to say the least. And the fact that he was able to step right back in and deliver on the level that he had before he had to step away from the team, uh, I think says a lot about him. And, it, I mean, at the same time, maybe it helps, right, to just be able to go back to work and, and take your mind off of uh, whatever troubles you for the 60 minutes that the, that the puck is dropped. I, I think that's certainly true. Um, you know, just take your mind off it. We, we, we of course, yeah, like you said, we're, we're probably never going to know uh, what went down, and that's completely fine. Um, and yeah, it might be better just like, you know, I, I think a lot of people do that and they suffer some sort of whatever happened and then just kind of bury yourself in your work. <laughs> Obviously, uh, not a lot of us are facing uh, 100 mile shots every day at work, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you did a pretty good job of coming right back in there and, and getting focused even after like not even being on the ice, right? As a goalie, that's pretty important. I think keeping, keeping with your movements and everything like that. So props to him. Yeah, and um, you mentioned, you know, the, you're you're very correct. This, if there is a goalie controversy brewing in this city, it is entirely contract driven. The fact that Marky is a year away from uh, being a UFA, and you know, you you have to pay respects not just to uh, Ian Clark, who, of course, you know, yeah. his work with Bobrovsky very notable. Uh, Bob, not quite the guy in Florida that he was in Columbus. I think it's <laughs> safe to say, and yeah. wasn't. Wasn't the guy even last year in Columbus that he'd been in years previous either? So I would wonder if you're a Jacob Markstrom, if you you know head into off season plans, and this is so far away, I feel silly even talking about this. Like yeah. you gotta, as a guy like that, kind of know what side your bread's buttered on, right? Like Ian Clark has been fundamental in the change that has occurred in Markstrom's game. You would probably want to stay with that guy, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I I agree. However, do you think like any agent's going to get in there and, and demand fair price, right? Absolutely. I, I, I really don't think that that's going to end up being... I mean, maybe, maybe I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he wanted to stay in Vancouver for a multitude of reasons, right? Um, but whether or not they're going to give him full prices, probably. I, I don't think in this day and age, like a lot of most players, <laughs> definitely UFAs, aren't really taking discounts. So I, I don't think that, uh, you know, it'll be hard. It'll be hard for the Canucks to kind of sweet talk him and his agent into doing that, if that's what they even plan to do. Because what are the Canucks going to be looking at? Like a three-year deal? Marshall's not going to take that. Yeah. Uh, why, why would he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's probably what they would want to do because you don't want, you know, a Luongo Schneider situation all over again, even though, yes, they won the Jennings in 2012. <laughs> it was wonderful. They covered yeah. up a lot of uh, problems that were glaring with the team yeah. up in front of them that year. And, and honestly, in the early going of this season, Markstrom and Demko have probably done the same, certainly on the penalty kill. But uh, you have mm-hmm. to give credit to Jacob Markstrom, too, for the work that he's put in personally because just the idea that we would be kind of uh, anxiously rubbing our hands here over the possibility of what's going to happen when he hits free agency, if he hits free agency, what the team's going to do with him. If you rewind like four years to to the point where, you know, he's been, he's being put on waivers and sent down to, to play in Utica. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. it's crazy that we are where we are with this guy. Though at the same time, when he was, you know, World Junior's age, all the talk was always he's the best goldie who's not in the nhl so you know it's no i (laughs) it's a longer road for some guys sometimes but you you gotta feel good about seeing them get there totally it's been been an extremely long road for him and it's great and you know one wonders if he's not just like okay uh oh who wants a goalie i don't know minnesota all right well you're you're taking ian clark as well we're coming as a package (laughs) (laughs) you've got to pay him uh, not really sure who's coaching our goalie right now, but they're not doing a great job. So yeah, let's just do this. You know. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Clark helped Bobrovsky to back-to-back Vesnas. I I do feel like it is too early to be putting Markstrom in awards consideration at this stage of the year, given you know it's oh, five yeah. games and he's played five of it's you know eight games and he's played five of them. But at the yeah. same time, he is looking like a top five goalie right now, and. Whether he gets a nomination or not, just being in that upper echelon is kind of insane for what we have expected from this guy over the years. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I think he got some votes for the Vesna last year. Uh, who knows where they came from? But uh, That wasn't you? Know, you? It, it, you weren't using yeah. your votes? It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Uh, no, I'm not looking. I, I, I don't know. Maybe some Vancouver media types, but it, it wasn't me. Um <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, I like, yeah, we're eight games in. He's looked great. Has he, has he really entered that, that, you know, the elite tier of goaltenders? I don't know. It's hard to say. Obviously, we're going to have to see him pick it up. But if he does, you're right. If he gets nominated, if he's a top three nomination, that would really kind of shift any, like, all the opinions of Marshall. I think a lot of people, especially people not in Vancouver, are, are, are thinking the jury's still out on him, right? They're like, oh, who? yeah whatever he's fine right he's okay you know and and he's kind of hopefully starting to prove himself as much much more than that and if he can do that uh one he's going to be in line for a huge raise and two it's going to kind of you know give give a lot of respect to him and 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 the canucks for 
this is kind of a big development of a major prospect. Yeah, a lot of it had been done in Florida probably, but, you know, he spent some years in Utica, came up, took a while. Everyone's kind of wondering, like, is it is he done? And he comes in and, and really develops as a player. And Florida um, kind of gave up on him too, right? Like, it's not... They did. Like, they did. A, lot, a lot of what we Vancouver got back in the Luongo deal was just kind of... <laughs> junk to take on this huge contract like it, it's yeah, not like he was this incredible goalie that they still had high hopes for he wasn't ruined by any stretch of the imagination but he wasn't um you know uh, the blue chip that he once was either no it wasn't seen i don't think as a home run return because the longo long was still a great player um but he was just sort of you know getting older and his contract was massive and really cumbersome but you know the connection already dealt schneider at that point yeah, <laughs> but uh, that was probably a better goalie deal. But um, you know, <laughs> they got Markstrom in return, and, that, and, that, and that's huge now. And at the time, yeah, you were kind of like, all right, yeah, he's a prospect. He's taking too long. What's going on? Comes in, you know, and we've told the story many times, and it, it's impressive. It's awesome for him. And like I mentioned before, uh, Ian Clark, I think he is a free agent actually, the same year as Markstrom. Really? So I wasn't kidding about that whole package deal thing. Could happen. Interesting. Something to keep an eye on. I don't know what the precedent is for that uh, goalie, goalie and goalie coach going together. I think it's happened before, though. I think it was something with Luongo and Jane McClennan or something. Yeah, and Patrick Waugh, like, he always used to insist on. Uh, Allaire. Yeah. yeah that's why Allaire. Yeah. So it's not un- unprecedented. At the same time, you have to think, you know, we're talking about the, the possibility of the team possibly just looking at Demko and feeling like, you know what, we might be set here without having to drop all this money on uh, on a Jacob yeah. Markstrom. If he did get nominated for the Vesna, though, this, this is a team, and I would probably shift most of this onto an ownership group in particular, that Ooh. cares so much about optics and, and yeah. appearances I have a hard time believing that if he was nominated for the Vesna Trophy this season, that they would let him walk in free agency. They wouldn't give him the uh, Robin Leonard treatment, <laughs> which is how it's been known now. I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I. I, I mean, like I would agree with that. Francesco is basically like an assistant GM on some level, right? Like. Well, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, I'm sure he has a bunch of input, right? And uh, he obviously cares a lot about the public perception of the team. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it would be a terrible look, and, and I, I agree that they'd have a hard time doing that. But, again, there'll be, all the, there'll be a lot of pundits coming out, and maybe I'll be one of them. Who knows? Who's going to say, like, they can't sign Martian to a long-term deal, you know, <laughs> because Demko's look good if he does, right? And if he continues this play and Demko looks great and looks like, oh, wow, maybe he's ready for full-time work, then, then it, <laughs> signing Martian to a, full-time, like, a long-term deal would, would be hard to kind of reconcile. Again, we're, we're fantasizing about problems that could come 74 games from now. So uh, when this is the case, when this is the case, I think the team is in a pretty good position, at least as far as goaltending is concerned. And uh, to be in that position has to seem like a pretty big win, because in the aftermath of losing both Luongo and Schneider, it, yeah. re- it really didn't feel like, especially a position that the, the team had notoriously been weak at over the course of their entire mm-hmm. existence, as we head into this 50th or 49th, whatever season it actually is. <laughs> like, like, this is one of the best tandems, if they can keep it up, that the team's ever had. And that's, you know, something to hang your hat on, I would think. I think. So. Yeah, it's getting there, right? Like, it, it, I mean, 
again, it's so. Is that how many games has Demko played in the NHL? Three. Like, well, plus yeah. last year, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I have no yeah, idea. Maybe like maybe around ten. Yeah, maybe just over ten. Uh, so it's hard to really to really say that. But yeah, I mean, what we've seen super encouraging. Um, and I think you know what, everyone in Vancouver, I think we're ready. We're ready for another goalie controversy. Bring it on! Like, let's do this thing. Like, we know we know how to handle it. We can do it again. Yeah, let's choose uh, sides on something other than the current and former general manager. I want more yeah, battle yeah. lines drawn in this city. Yeah, exactly. We need. Yeah. I want uh, people who thought that they were enemies to wind up being unexpected allies. Let's go. Let's go. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. Team Archer, team Team Thatcher. Yeah, let's 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 get it going. Um, yeah, I mean, I was always a Team Schneider guy. I don't know what you would, uh, how you think that that played out, but uh, either side kind of lost a little bit in that one. Uh, well, maybe not, maybe not Team Lack, but in the end, it looks like uh, not to get into the the uh, the the GM controversy and which side of the line yeah. I fall on that. But in the oh, end, yeah. it does look like Mike Gillis made two huge trades that did more <laughs> to rebuild this team than anything that Jim Benning has done. Honestly, yeah, the team captain yeah. and the star goalie. So not too bad in the end out of all that. And it only got him fired. But you know, these things happen. <laughs> Yeah, not bad. Not a bad look for for Mike. Yeah, hopefully he uh, hopefully hopefully he kills it in uh, Seattle. No, he's not going there, is he? No. I would I, I would I mean, love it if he did. It would be the most in, like the storylines that we could milk out of that. Oh, it would be great. It would be absolutely fabulous. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what side I fall on yet as far as Team Markey or uh, Team Demko. But uh, I am Team Nathan Cadell. And Nathan, uh, oh. thank you so much for doing this today. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much for having me on, Justin. Where can people find your stuff? Uh, GeorgiaStraight.com. And uh, I'm on Twitter at NCadell. So, yeah, hit me up. Uh, complain about stuff. I'm, I've always got a lot to complain about, so, so hit me up. Well, I'm sure you will be uh, heard on this show again before too long. Thanks for doing this. Great. Thanks, Justin. Have a good one. That's our show for today. That'll do it for another Locked On Canucks. I want to thank Nathan Cadell, and of course, you can find his stuff at straight.com, as he just mentioned. And I will mention again, as I have the last couple shows, if you want to do me a solid, head on over to wherever you find this podcast, Locked On Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and throw me an old review in the uh, Apple Store, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get it. I don't know if you can review stuff elsewhere. I'm sure on Stitcher you probably can. Spotify I have no idea. Wherever you're listening to this, head on over to the store. Throw me a review. I'd really appreciate it. I will be back to talk to you again uh, either tomorrow night or Tuesday morning to tee up the Red Wings game on Tuesday night and break down a little bit more of what went on in these games over the weekend because plenty of topics that uh, I did not discuss with my guests yesterday and today again. So lots of fodder for more discussion. We'll save it for another day. Until next time, I am and will continue to be Justin Morissette, and you've been locked in on Locked On Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast. Network.